the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday show. You know that means it's a date day edition and beautiful Paula is live in studio with me. So whatever's on your heart or mind, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing here. I should have taken over right there when you had that little coughing spell. Mm-hmm. You can email your questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. We had a good day together? Yes, sir. Yeah. Were you asking or are you just saying? I'm hoping. Yeah, I thought it was. I, thought it was, <laughs> I think it's been a great day so far. Yeah, I enjoyed being with you. So what's on your heart and mind today? Well, when I woke up this morning, uh, today is March 4th. It's 2000. What year is this? 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and on March 4th, 1994, is when the Lord told you to start praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas. And so, um, you know, between the two of us, somebody had to remember it. So <laughs> it was me today. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. March 4th, 1994. You know, that that was a, an unbelievable day. I often think about, and you and I talk about it. Don't get to talk to anybody else about it. <laughs> but I often think about how every day when we wake up, we have no idea what that day holds, mm-hmm. and it can be a day that changes our lives forever, for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we never know what's on the horizon. And uh, I remember that day in particular, waking up, it was a beautiful day with sun on the mountains. It was There was still snow on the ground, so it was too cold for me, but I just thought, I'm going to be able to get out and take a walk with Jesus on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that day was going to change the rest of our lives. I know. And um, just praying and thanking God and um, um, remembering how faithful He'd been to us. And uh, that March 4th morning, um, the Lord just sort of interrupted me. I got quiet as I was thinking about him, and, and he spoke so clearly in my heart, not an audible voice or anything weird, but he spoke so clearly in my heart, and he said to begin praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas. And, you know, you don't know what that means. And it didn't even occur to me to ask. I didn't say, well, Lord, why am I praying? Mm-hmm. You know, he says to do something, and my hope is that I'm going to do what mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. So I began praying. I prayed right there, and, and I prayed every single day. Uh, for the people of San Antonio, Texas. I'm still doing it after mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. years. But it was so profound, Paula, uh, when I went back to my, my room where I was staying at the Bible college. 
I remember taking the Bible, just getting ready to go to, to, to classes, the Bible that I took to Bible college, and on the inside pages, you know, where it says presented to, and mm-hmm. I don't have anything in there, mm-hmm. I wrote very clearly, March 4th, 1994, God told me to begin praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. and I'll never, ever get rid of that Bible because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, an amazing thing, and I, I just, you know, I presumed that God was going to send us there, but I had no idea. And so I just kept praying. I was faithful to pray every day. And um, um, a couple of weeks goes by, and the Lord put on my heart. He said, why don't you ask me why you're praying for the people in San Antonio, Texas? Mm -hmm. So I did. Mm -hmm. And he again spoke to my heart, and he said, that's where I'll be waiting for you. And I knew then that that's where we're going right after Bible college. And every Bible college student, especially those of us who knew that we were called to do something, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you always want a destination. It was so exciting to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling you and and saying, Paula, I know where we're going. Mm -hmm. And and you said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, God's going to send us to San Antonio, Texas. That was on our walk, Pastor Ron. Oh, that was on our walk? Yes, with our dog, remember? And I just was like, I don't think so. But anyway, yes, I remember this very clearly. Um, But March 4th, 1994, changed the direction of our lives because we never, either one of us ever would have dreamed this is where we would be. Yeah, at that point, Paula, we'd never been to Texas other than one tennis tournament for our son, Ronnie, Mm -hmm. in El Paso. Mm -hmm. And and now that I'm a Texan, I realize we don't consider El Paso, Texas. (laughs) And and uh, I'm just kidding for you, those of you from El Paso. Yeah. And um, um, literally, our life changed that day. Yeah. I, I want to, you can talk about some of your struggles with it in just a moment, but we've got Phyllis waiting on line one from San Antonio. Phyllis, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Paula, my friend. Yes, <laughs> how are you? Good. Um, yeah. Since our last pastor's class, I have been, I guess, challenged myself to just go back and reread the Acts of Apostles uh, based off of our discussion that we had uh, at pastor's class. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as you said, Pastor Ron, we don't do the way that the world does, you know, and you were giving examples of, you know, how the apostles handled situations uh, in in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. So, my question is with the corona vaccine or taking that vaccine, what is your opinion um, about taking that vaccine? And I'll let you know that I'm hesitant to take the vaccine simply because I don't think there's been enough testing uh, done on it. I think that it's been pushed out rapidly, and so that's my concern. I'll uh get offline and listen to your you you and Paula's comments uh, in regards to that. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis. God bless you. Um, you, you know, uh, let me preface my remarks by saying I'm not a doctor. Um, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but 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 my opinions are only that um, uh, I've never taken a flu vaccine. Um, I've never um, thought about um, this, whether or not to take this vaccine. Um, Phyllis, I've, Paul and I, as you know, we, we had COVID, uh, and um, we are at least for now immune. Uh, I've known some people who got the shot, the vaccine shot, the first one, uh, and got uh, got a little sick, developed some symptoms from it. Uh, I always heard that was also true about the flu vaccine and knew people who who said that they, they felt like they got the flu as a result of the shot. And because of that, I never wanted to take it. I, I, I can't afford to take a day off. So it's it's just I didn't want to make myself sick. Um, so so I, I'm probably, Phyllis, not going to take the vaccine. Uh, and, and I want to be clear, I have no theological or philosophical uh, or even political or social objections to it. And I think the wise thing for people who are um, in compromised 
positions physically. Uh, I think, especially if they haven't had the the COVID-19 virus, I think probably the wise thing is for them to do it. But I think this is a matter um, for prayer. I think this is a matter to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. Mm -hmm. And for me, Paula... Uh, I just don't think I'll do it. You know, uh, the, the one thing, and, and I think we've forgotten this, uh, or, or we've, we've lost sight of this in all of the fear-mongering that goes on in the media. Um, there are no cases of reinfection. If people were getting reinfected, it would be all over the news. Now, they keep saying, well, there's a possibility. We don't know. And it's possible that when this wears off, then you could be reinfected. Well, that to me sounds a lot like flu or anything else. And uh, I'm I'm personally um, convinced as of right now, and I could change after praying uh, in the future, Paula. But I'm personally convinced that I probably won't get a shot. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's certainly not a sign of weak faith if you do. I just think it's one of those things that you've got to come to a prayerful decision on your own with the Lord. Paul, you want to comment? Ditto. <laughs> I love you. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, Phyllis. I hope that makes sense. You know, Paula, we might as well talk about this now as well. Um, um, You know, there's so much fear and misinformation regarding the... um, uh, regarding the... uh, virus and causes of it and, and how susceptible we are to it, then I think it's one of those things... Um, that, that as we enter into a time beginning next week where masks are no longer required for people, um, you know, Paula, we're going to end up um, having um, people on both sides of the issue who are very emotional about it. And, um, you know, it's one of those um, whatever decision you make, Whatever decision you make, uh, it has to be a decision that you're personally convinced of. Um, here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, we're not going to require masks any longer uh, beginning on Wednesday. Uh, and yet there are people who are passionate on both sides of the issue. And um, um, what I'm expecting uh, of our church uh, and what I would hope for and pray for for all Christians, Paula, is that um, we would handle those who disagree with us with grace with kindness, uh, with patience and understanding, and in love uh, when, in fact, uh, we know that people are inflamed on both sides of the issue. Nobody needs your opinions. You do what's right for you. If you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. God bless you. For the people that don't want to wear a mask and are now out from under that mandate yoke of, of wearing a mask, God bless them. And and I'm one of those people, personally. I just uh, can't wait to get it off. Mm-hmm. I have several people that I've been talking to who uh, they just they have to wear a mask all day and then to come to church and wear a mask, too. One young man said, because we, we were with them after after service, and he said, can you give me a minute? I just need to sit down and catch my breath. He is about to pass out. He just is. It's hard. And some others are saying, I can't seem to think, you know. And so anyway, yeah. But we, I think we're, we're pretty good here about um, giving grace and being understanding and so, I hope so. I've, I I don't read Facebook, but from some of the Facebook comments that we hear about, I'm not so sure that we always are. I think when we when we become fearful, mm-hmm. then we, we allow the enemy to make us who we're not. So yeah. that's just how we're going to do it. Phyllis, thank you very much for mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. Paula, go back to what you were talking about. Okay, yes. I was talking about... Um, March 4th. March 4th, 1994. And you're talking about uh, coming to San Antonio and my apprehensions. I just never thought we'd be coming to texas we never really wanted to um but you know the lord knows what he's doing and since we've been here um it's just been amazing um just year after year we ran into in fact a young man came well he's not as young as he used to be because he wasn't here um for 19 years he's in the military and he came last night and was saying how you know we're still here and how 
pleased he was that we are still here. We're still kind of doing the same thing, you know. I mean, the church to him looks a little bit different. We didn't probably have the rock wall when he was here. Um, we may not have even had this side, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was here. Uh, the school was just starting. Yeah, in fact, Pastor Barry was his colonel or his his, no, his professor. His professor. That's what it was. Yeah, his professor back in the day. And when this this man was here, he had uh, a three year old and a one year old, and now he has two other no three other children, and uh, the youngest. And there is a big break between the next to last and this last one is only eight years old. But he was just in awe of of all that is still going on here and and he was very pleased to have been a part of this ministry back in the day and that they still kind of not that they keep up all the time but he kind of keeps up and he Mm -hmm. was just really he's on a tdy for a short time and and to be able to come back here you could just see the joy on his face and he just wanted to sit and talk with you and we took pictures and yeah it was just it's (laughs) it's really fun and i wouldn't i wouldn't want to go anywhere else now you know at the beginning not wanting to come to texas at all ever in my whole life you know and and now that the lord has brought us here because he knows stuff he knows what's best and where is best um i can't imagine living anywhere else right now and so i i i love my life so um all those questions and fears why, how, yeah. when, all those questions. <laughs> but you, you know, Paula, one of the things that, that we always have to remember is that that because God wants more for us than we can ever hope for, mm-hmm. um, and because he's the Lord, mm-hmm. when he says to do something, we got to do it. And we would have missed out on so much yeah. had uh, we been too afraid to come or had we decided Texas, nobody wants to go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been the best decision of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, Pastor Ron, because you know, and, and most of the audience knows, pretty much most of our church knows, I didn't want to come. <laughs> it's in our testimonies. We're going to say it's in our testimony, and yet um, submitting to my husband as to the Lord has proven time and time again that that's just just Paul. I'll take care of you. Uh, I'll take care of you. I heard you heard he heard from me, and now you can follow him and, and going over there because I got something. I got something really good for you. So um, for those of you, and then I'm going to move on to something else. For those of you who are praying for our house to uh, close and everything on time, it did. And uh, thank you so much for praying and for, you know, just keep praying that the renovations will be timely. I'm sure the Lord has all that under control as well. I know he does. Um, But yeah, thank you. We're excited. Because uh, we, we buy a house every 25 years. <laughs> yeah, we've been in this house almost 23. It's 22 and nine months. It's just really crazy. And I'm already kind of, you know, the people we bought the house from, they had lived in their house 23 years. So about the same time we bought the homes. And when I went to hug her on the you know, you were there, the final walkthrough. I'm hugging her, and she's hugging me, and we're both kind of crying, you know. She's, and she says to me, take care of my house. I said, I will, I promise. And, you know, I'm already crying. I was crying that morning to you. I'm going to cry when we leave this house. I love the house we live in now, you know, and just remembering how uh, the Lord blessed us with that house, you know, because we thought we'd never have a house. You know, again, we just live in an apartment or whatever. And... um yeah, I there, think I'm going to, I'm thinking about, I got to, you know, we're going to be packing up that house to leave it, but it's, it's, it's a good time. So but before you, before you change subjects, um, um, one of the things that we wanted when we bought our first house almost 23 years ago, you said, yep. um, um, I walked in the door new. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, this is it. I didn't even look at it. I said, we'll take it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just knew. Yeah. And and we didn't have any money at all, and we needed some money to come in for down payment and all that other stuff. And and yet, be, because God said, you're home, this is it, uh, I knew that he would provide, and he did at just the right time. Amazing. I mean, just the right time. Yeah, like the day before. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we closed. Um, we wanted uh, th- this house, the next house, and we've looked at a bunch of houses over the last few years and um 
we wanted this house. We wanted to be that sure. Mm -hmm. And this time it was different only in that it was you. You walked in Mm -hmm. to that house. You were just looking at it to look at the floor plan. Mm -hmm. And the Lord let you know you were home. The house wasn't even for sale. No, it wasn't. And and so the the comfort we have is knowing that this is exactly where God wants us to be. Uh, We're able to sell our house uh, at a a reduced price Mm -hmm. to somebody in the church Mm -hmm. who otherwise couldn't qualify for a house. And he's thrilled. It's his first home to own. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just, it's just when God does something, there's blessings all around. Oh my Why don't you goodness. share some oh. of the stories in this lesson? Getting all the stuff out and, yeah. you know, the leaves, the owners of the houses, mm-hmm. why they couldn't take all their stuff. That's right. Actually, what Ron was saying is we were only, I was only shown this house as a floor plan for another one, a house that is going to be available coming soon. And so, you know, I'm being shown the house and walking around. And I was like, oh, wow, I really do like this house. The layout, it's nice, it's clean, it's neat. You know, I mean, just, I love this house. And so, um, sorry, it's already, you know, promised to a friend of theirs. And I was like, well, that's okay, but I really like this house. And so later that night, we get a call saying that they they want to just take the items that they want and leave the rest in their home. Well, the friend who was going to, who they were going to sell the house to wasn't really up for that. So if we're, if you're up for it, they said they would love to sell to your pastor, to this, to our real estate lady, who is the best. And so, okay. And so that got the ball rolling. I'm telling you, the Lord has been so good. Here I am crying again because he just shows <laughs> off so much. Um, you know, we, there was so much in the home that they left that people were able to get some furniture. Yeah, and good stuff, I mean, too. Really good stuff. These are high, high people. Um, dishes, uh, like I said, furniture, bedding, um, electric equipment, um, rugs. Uh, carpeting. I mean, there's just so much. People just kept coming and coming. Clothing. Clothing, yeah. Suits. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, and I know I'm, oh, yeah, I, I know I'm missing, but there's just a, a whole list of people who have been blessed by this house that God provided with all the stuff. It almost looks like, seems like, you know, when the, the Israelites were leaving Egypt, they plundered. And they plundered the people. That's what it feels like. And God is just taking care of his. You know, there was a, a fermenter because the people were Korean, not where they are Korean. And they left this really nice fermenter, which is, I didn't even know what it was. You know, it's just a little Korean refrigerator. Well, the the lady and then her brother came to pick that up yesterday. And then there was a Korean Bible, a Korean cookbook and all these things that went along with it. Just blown away. You know, just it's just been a, a great time. And then the, the contractors that are working on the house, um, as they came in, you know, there were some things that they saw. Oh, my wife would really like that. Take this. What? You know, take this. Yeah, go. It's just a blessing. Yeah, you had the house emptied out in no time. Well, what? No time. (laughs) (laughs) My back is killing me right now. But it's been such a fun time. I'm not complaining when I say that. I'm just making a statement. My back is killing me. But um, so fun to be in that house thinking, Lord, look what you've done. Look what you've done, Lord. And how many people we get to turn around and and bless. And so I'm going to be talking about your different teachings over the many years you're in number nine right now Pastor Ron. <laughs> okay. so we'll, we'll be doing that on the other side but when we get to number four you'll hear you'll know what i'm talking about okay one of the things that i i would like to say we've got just a little over two minutes left in this half of the program and remember we love your live calls and questions but uh, or comments um um everybody in this audience can know for sure that you're in the perfect, pleasing, and acceptable will of God. And when you are, not only are you in the place of blessing, but you're in that place where you can be a blessing to so many others. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. the, 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 I mean, literally dozens of people that have been helped yeah. because of the stuff that was left in the house that we're buying. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my, the shoes. Oh. <laughs> Phyllis, who called the first caller, 
she's looking out there in the garage, and the, the people were Korean, so they never even wore shoes from the garage into their home. So they have all these shoes out there. And to know, she says, what about these shoes? I was like, you need them? You want them? She said, yeah. Uh, one of the other men in our, our, our fellowship has a ministry to, um, he and his family have ministry to hurting girls who've been through outrageous things. Yeah. Hor- horribly, yeah, horribly, um, unbelievably abused yeah, girls. Yeah, beyond, beyond belief. Anyway, they're having a shoe drive. And it just so happened, you know what I'm saying, that those shoes were there. And, and the Lord just says, take those. You know, provide whatever you need. Provide for somebody. I just, the Lord is so good. You know, he's just so good. He's just going to, and he's, he does this all the time, like multi-medical, the school, the man, you know, man of house, all these ministries. He takes care of his own. And if we just wait, you know, our real estate lady, her name is Pauline. Everybody knows. Um, she's been showing us houses. I think I said before it's been 12 years, but she's been showing us houses t- since 2012. And, you know, the Lord and I were conversing because there's been so many houses that we really kind of liked, but it was kind of like we better get something right away because the market's so weird and stuff. But I've always wanted to live on this particular street for all of these years. And God just kept either saying... No or wait. I've got something really spectacular for you. Being in the will of God works. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, go. Oh, that's it, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Don't waste time. Get to the point. That's right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the different focuses of your your, your teaching uh, over the years, and I have a list, you know, and I, I think I did this a couple of years ago, but the last two years I haven't put on here, so here we go. First one was... You would say, answer the call and go, you know. Um, And so I think, no, I think back in the day uh, when we first started here and and shortly thereafter, the pastor's discipleship class was mainly for those men who were thinking about becoming a pastor and coming to the class to kind of learn what that means, how do we do this. And but once they heard the Lord and they answered the call it was like okay now go you've been here long enough you've listened you learned you know and now go do yeah, you know, it was a unique um, um, vision for our church. At the beginning, we had um, so many young men who were so committed to their to their faith and to service for the Lord. Um, and God, we didn't know it, but God was raising up pastors. And mm-hmm. we, we raised up a lot of pastors, sent them out to plant churches. Mm-hmm. We planted a bunch of churches over our years. Uh, and that was sort of the focus. Mm-hmm. And, and what I wanted people to know is, is there's no time to waste. You know, I was almost 40 when I got saved. I wasted so much time it was like the lord said don't let anybody else waste any time Mm -hmm. and so when god's got a call in your life answer the call and go it's not just well okay lord but Mm -hmm. no just answer the call and go and and when you do that as we have been privileged to to learn you you get to see the hand of god move over and over and over and over and every single time it's a faith building exercise and you get stronger and stronger and stronger in your faith and you get to that point where you you almost can't wait for the next thing God is going to ask you to do even though you know it's going to be hard mm-hmm. you almost can't wait for that next thing and so I think for uh, I think it's wise counsel for everybody listening to this program um, seek the will of God it's not e- not difficult to find. God wants you to know, and he wants you to be there, but obedience is the key. It's not just knowing, well, okay, God's going to call me to be a pastor. God's going to call me to be a, a whatever whatever your calling is. Um, take steps. Get started preparing, mm-hmm. and, and then let the hand of God move you. Yeah, that's what I can say. You know, you heard the call of God um, while you were in Bible college. Um, no, you actually heard the call before. 
It sounded like Raul Reese in that in yeah. the car, huh? I was six months old when mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Six then, months old in the Lord. In the Lord, yeah. But then you did prepare. It's not just I read the Bible a few verses and I got the gift of preaching. You know, it's not that. It's you got to answering the call by knowing and then going. But you don't have to know everything perfectly. The Lord will train you up. Isn't that what basically happened with you? Uh, even as you're teaching over these many years. These are the focus changes, but even your style kind of has changed um, over the years, maybe three or four different times. Well, you you know, you hope so, of course, because you want to get better at what you do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, it's important to let the Lord lead because he knows what lies ahead. He's always preparing us for for the future uh, with the trials that we're going through. Um, but, but, But you can't teach others to do what you yourself won't do. Yeah. And so uh, for us, it just, okay, that God, you said to do it, we're going to do it. And that's how we got a free school and a free doctor's office and a free uh, house for women who are having difficulty in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's sort of uh, the reason um, that God has raised uh, uh, our ministry in, in this unique way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then number two is the Bible. Teach it. And I put in a little, not books. You know, um, I think when I was beginning to teach, you know, the ladies, because I was nervous because I wasn't really the original uh, women's Bible teacher. Okay, and then she she went, you know, she moved. And so now I'm up. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, do I teach this lady's book or do I teach this lady's book? Or, you know, what's my style? I got to be like, and I don't have any confidence, Pastor Russell. Oh, and you said the Bible. Teach it not only to me, but to everybody, all the teachers here. We don't teach from books. I think you you let us in one book just at the Pastor's Discipleship class, um, a Spurgeon book, I think. No, it was Tozer. Tozer, that's right. Okay, but the Bible, teach it. Yeah, and and you know, I I, I actually felt uh, some conviction. Uh, for that, mm. go, you know, using Tozer's book. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Tozer's great, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it, it's amazing to me that any Christian, let alone teachers, people with the gift of teaching, would would waste one minute of time teaching anything other than the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can teach a book that God wrote, or we can teach a book that some man or woman wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think for me, that's always been an easy choice. And uh, I wanted to instill that in those that we were sending out to be pastors. But I also wanted to be sure that uh, the people here at Calvary Chapel were were getting that solid foundation: the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we have always preached; we've always believed that the Bible, if you teach it, the people will come. Mm-hmm. And uh, we open the Bible, we teach it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and um, God is able to bring people. And personally, Paula, you know, I'm convinced that that's the reason that the diversity in our church is as it is. I mean, um, age, economic status, race, uh, place of origin, um, the diversity in this church is overwhelming. Uh, and, and the reason is because God can trust us with people. We're not going to teach this new book or this new fad. I was listening to a, uh, somebody on the radio the other day saying, you know, I just am rereading the 40 Days of Purpose. And, and I'm thinking, why would anybody do that? When you've got Galatians and Ephesians, mm-hmm. when you've got Romans, when you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. when you've got Genesis and Revelation, why would you why would you read anything else? Now I understand that there are people who say things like, "Well, I don't understand it," and they help me understand it. Um, that's fine, and, and reading books is a good thing, but you don't want to read books about the Bible books about instruction in our walk with the Lord, our sanctification process, until you have a foundation, a firm foundation in the Word of God. And I think sometimes we sort of short-circuit the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural element of the Word of God. God meets us where we are in His living and active Word. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, in especially in these last days, Paul, um, we have to have an unshakable confidence in the Word. I was listening to another pastor today who uh, I can point to teachings that he had, and this is just one issue, ordaining women to be pastors. Mm. And uh, I can I can point him to his own teaching. And over the years, he has let public opinion 
and circumstances change his mind about that. Mm. And the Bible hasn't changed. Mm-mm. The truth hasn't changed. Mm-mm. But you see, we change when we allow ourselves to be influenced unduly by other people. Again, reading books is a wonderful thing. I was a... a, 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 a Avid reader. More than. Yeah, you just tore books up. And, um, um, but, but I waited until I had a foundation in the Word so that I could interpret the books through the Bible, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. I remember you told me, Paula, stop reading all the other stuff. Get to know God's word. You were a little upset first. I was. I was like, stop telling me. I'll be saved more than you. You know, kind of stuff. But <laughs> again, that was right. Um, the third one is you just you kept talking about faith, and you would warn the staff. We gotta have faith, and then here's what here's why, because every time a new staff person came on, we had tests and trials, um, and we all would say we all got to that place of saying, please learn the lesson to the new person, please learn the lessons quickly so we can move on, because <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, let me make two statements. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And God will never put you in a position where you can't be pleasing to him. So he's going to test you. He's going to stretch you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other statement is God will not let us teach theory. So we got to put faith to our feet. Mm-hmm. And, and we're always going to be in those places. And you're right. Every time somebody new came on staff, I mean, we've gone through times where we were so poor we couldn't go buy a taco at the end of service (laughs) to where we had a little bit of money coming in but not enough to meet the expenses that God had had given us Mm -hmm. to well it seems like we're doing pretty good now and then the bottom falling out so we've been through it all Mm -hmm. and um, every person that we've ever hired here at Calvary Chapel we've sat down with them and tried to talk them out of it because we need to be sure they were committed because we need them to know that this can be hard. You may not get a paycheck sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be sacrificial. And you're saying yes to Almighty God, which means we got to walk by faith together. Now, the world thinks that's the worst thing in the world. How could you do that? People need their money. Mm-hmm. We get that. Mm-hmm. But when God asks you to do something, it's a whole different level yeah this is a different boss that we're working for you know are you are you here for a paycheck or are you here for the next one that i'm going to talk about number four the people are the point yeah and we are to set the example for them as far as you know yeah i don't have all that i want but i'm going to trust god for what i need and he's you know he may be in our sense of time running a little bit late but he's not the tests and the trials are necessary to see who am I here for yeah. or what am I here for you know coming into ministry a lot of people might think oh that's that's an easy job he only works on Sunday or that's an easy job he didn't have to work and people are, are, are taking care of him no 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 the people are the point and we are here to serve them um, and you know what I really appreciate Ron at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, the the yearly business meeting where everybody gets to see what you make, you know, and um, we pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the staff pray. You, know, you know, Paula, in, in in talking about the people are the point. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's for leadership. We need to remember that church isn't about us. It's not for us. Uh, we're here as servants of God uh, to minister to the people who are the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that used to really drive me crazy, if if I make a sacrifice or because you're my wife, I ask you to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. It's okay. We, we've signed up for this. Mm-hmm. But, but I would think especially in those really difficult tests and when times got really hard financially, I would think, well, Lord, I'll go through it. I've been through it from the beginning, but but why do they have to go through it? Yeah, you were having an issue back before you even had staff members. When we were so poor, we couldn't buy food, but Lord, what about our dog? And so <laughs> any money we had, we made sure our dog had the food, and so you're the same way with the staff. Yeah, well, we just needed to be sure, that, <laughs> and, and, and the Lord spoke to me really uh, in, in a rebuke 
one time when I was asking, mm-hmm. and and he he asked me, he said, why don't you want me to do for them what I've done for you? Yeah. And I thought, well, what do you mean? They're they're struggling. Well, you struggled, and look what's happened. Mm-hmm. And and I can tell you this: I I think we've like like twenty nine employees here at the church, which you know that doesn't make us a Fortune five hundred company. Mm-hmm. But but everybody who's ever worked here, and those who work here now, will tell you that they know Jesus better now than they did before the trials, before the struggles. That they know God is pleased with them after the struggles mm-hmm. and that they're still standing mm-hmm. and um, that God is bigger than they ever imagined and they never could have found out had they not gone through the trials themselves so basically I just said Jesus I'm sorry I won't question you anymore about that <laughs> but 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 tests and trials uh, are part and parcel of our calling uh, every Christian's calling um, but but when you decide, I'm going to step out in faith, you're going to be tested every minute of every day. And you can't let the circumstances change your focus. That's right. And the number five is foundation, Nehemiah. <coughs> he he went back to check on that wall because things were really bad. And, you know, he got, he, well, he tried to, they tried to distract him, say, come down come meet with us and he's like no i got a busy work to do and so uh, during that time you were telling all of us you know to mend the holes in our walls keep our focus one on the lord and the other on the work but don't be deterred and so uh you know work on your foundation and your our foundation is christ um number six it's about the work um and so let's be about the work let's again you know, a, a farmer sticks to his crops. Uh, a, a serviceman, a military person doesn't get involved in civilian affairs. It's about the work of the Lord. And so with the foundation and then about the work, don't get off because number seven is now compass point. Yeah. Let me, let me stop you for a minute, though. This, this whole idea of it's about the work. It uh, doesn't make one a workaholic. It doesn't mean one's out of balance. You know, um, we always get the question about, well, well, how do you prioritize your time? What comes first? Is it is it faith, family, then your your calling? Um, um, there's no balance. You got to be all about Jesus all the time, and Jesus saved us for work. Now, he saved us. The result is going to be that we're going to be in heaven with him. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And that he gets to live in us here on earth, Christ in us, the hope of glory. All of that's wonderful. But if all God wanted was to be with us forever and eternity, he could take us in heaven the minute we got saved. Wouldn't it be great if we could do altar calls now? And as soon as as, as people really accepted Jesus in their heart, they fell over dead and went to be with him. <laughs> I mean, that would be a wonderful thing. And I, I'm not being funny here. No, I know, but I would be mad like, come on, I didn't just die and go be with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to beat my flesh down. Yeah, but but the idea here is... is um, we're left here for work. God has created us. He calls us his poema, his workmanship. And we were created in Christ Jesus to do the good works God created in advance for, for us, us to do. do. Okay. And, um, you know, I think we, we forget that. You know, we talk about grace and we're worried about family. We're worried about career, worried about all these things. And Jesus, if he had something to say to us now, it'd say the time is short. Make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time. Mm-hmm. And and it's about the work. And nothing is more important than the work. One of the things that I love the most about you, and I love a lot about you, Sweet. but one of the things I love the most about you is that we have been partnered in this work now for almost 26 years. And there's never been a moment where, where we thought, well, you know, let's just... Take a step back and take time for ourselves. We could have been doing this a lot longer had you gotten saved earlier. <laughs> yeah. Prayed for you for 13 years. You could have got saved like after one. And we, we, you know, we could have, but anyway, no, but you're it, right. Yeah. It's about the work and we're going to receive rewards for the work. And yeah. those rewards are important. Yeah. And I, I think so often we spend so much time gratifying our flesh that we forget about the rewards that await us for faithful service. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've told our church over and over throughout the years that when your walk really gets vibrant with Jesus is when you start giving out what he's giving in. Mm-hmm. And we can only do that in service. It's one of the reasons, Paula, that this pandemic 
has hurt the Church of Jesus Christ so much uh, in in the, the last few years. Um, uh, it, it's 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 one of the reasons that I think church being closed and people having too much idle time. Uh, it it's one of the reasons that the church so many Christians turned to political hope instead of our hope coming from heaven, and the result is you get miserable. Yeah. And and if you're not giving out what God has given you, then uh, you're the one that's missing out. God God will always have somebody who will be faithful. But but when we're willing to to let him be faithful with somebody else when he intended it for us, boy that is a real problem. Yeah. Real problem. Hey, we got a little bit of time left if anybody has any questions or calls 340-9585 for your live calls and questions, Paula. Mhm. And did I say number 7 compass point? You just started that. Okay. So compass point is, you know, like you say, you want to follow Jesus so closely that if he stops, you'll bump your nose into his back and you know we get so distracted by so many things and not that we can't have fun because i you know i could do some guilt oh i like to put jigsaw puzzles together you know oh man i could be in the bible more you know but um but jesus and i do puzzles together you know because i get to talk with him while i'm doing like this is so much fun thank you you know and what when i put this puzzle together you know lord this is like you putting my life together there's all those pieces that when i stand before you in heaven it's going to be like all these puzzle pieces have come together and it made one beautiful mm-hmm. picture. So, um, so the- and we all we all need a compass point. A compass point to true north. Uh, th- that's where Jesus. We got to follow Jesus, and it's so easy for us to get off direction. Yeah, you know, we get pushed to the left or to the right a little bit, and we get distracted with little things in this world. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus is going, going, hey, 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 I'm mm-hmm. here, I'm mm-hmm. here. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, and we got to keep looking at Him. And if we have a compass point, God has given us a call, He's given us direction, and if we stay focused on that compass point, then we're not going to get distracted. That the devil can huff and puff and threaten to terrify the us. Down. Sure. But 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 mm-hmm. um, our focus remains the same. The same. We, we I, walk with Jesus. Yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Yeah, no turning to the side. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just we get distracted. Yeah. Our brains are, yeah. you know, we get fallen sin nature in here. I tell you what, Pastor Ron, these last two weeks with the snow stuff oh. and then the busyness with buying and selling this house, ooh, mushy, mushy brain, mushy brain. <laughs> Paula, we got Jimmy holding on line one. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Congratulations on your new house. Thank, Thank you, Jimmy. You, hey, Jimmy, let me, before you start, let me tell you something. You what? called right now. I had a, a woman come to me in the church, and she said, Jimmy is my favorite caller, and every time he calls, I start praying for him. And, and Jimmy, right now, just because you called, now somebody's praying for you. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> That's very What's touching. up, Jimmy? Do you live in a, is it a one-story house? <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. See, that's one of the reasons it took us so long to find one, because I can't do stairs with my vision. So uh, we needed um, a one-story house. So, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I want to I wanna move out of my house. Uh, our house is almost paid off. It's a two-story house. And I want to move out eventually, God willing, because I know when I get older, I ain't going to be able to go up the stairs. Yeah, yeah if you go up there, you're just going to stay up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. Hey, is anybody down there? Can you bring me something to eat? <laughs> well, God bless y'all. Um, anyway, well, I, that's all I wanted to tell y'all. Congratulations. Thank you, Jimmy. Oh, thanks, God bless Jimmy. you, my friend. We love God, you. God bless. Well, Paula, we just we just hit three minutes, so all right, I got two more to go. Okay, well, Ron, need to hurry up, right? Quick. Number eight is just be with Jesus, <clears throat> and if you are a first time listener, that'll be that'll be <laughs> eight, nine, ten, eleven as well. <laughs> that'll be forever. In fact, that's your until you die. Anyway, um, that's your men's retreat theme. 
just be with Jesus every year. <laughs> the ladies, we come up with something. You know, we have to pray and sweat and fast and stuff to come up with ours. Yours, you already know every year. Just be with Jesus. Yeah, we we decided to stop trying to be creative. Uh-huh. And, and you know, the the whole thing is we got to be with Jesus. Yeah. So we have a permanent. Yeah. Retreat theme. Okay. Just be with Jesus. Just be with Jesus. We may, we, the ladies, we may steal that, but ours is um, this what, year. What took you so long? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this year, ours is he's coming soon, and didn't it feel like that? Because number nine is don't let fear control you because he's coming soon. Yeah, things are going to get tougher, but he's coming soon, and he's wanting his people to, things are going to get tougher, but he wants his people to be tougher. And not let fear control us. And so, okay, he's coming soon. Uh, and listen, look for um, our women's retreat registration. It should be uh, forthcoming maybe by this weekend. So you can go online and register for our women's retreat May 6th through the 8th. Um, and the theme again is he's coming soon. So be ready. He is coming soon. You know, this whole idea, Paula, of, of fear controlling us. Um, we're, we're sponges for media of all types. Mm-hmm. We've got so much information being blasted at us. I think that the word of God and the promises of God sort of gets lost in the process. And we've got to shut out the noise. We've got to focus in these last days. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a football game. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like a football game when when you're you're down by two touchdowns and you've only got four minutes left in the game. You got to hurry up mm-hmm. and you got to stay focused and you got to be about the business. Well, in these last days, we got to be about our Father's business. Um, that's what Jesus said He was all about. And if we want to be like Jesus, then we've got to be all about our Father's business as well. Yes. Yes. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me on Day Day. It's not over yet. <laughs> But you're welcome. Hey, we really appreciate you tuning in. We (laughs) never take our audience for granted. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful evening in Christ. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.